The following movie has been rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America. It is intended for mature audiences. Parents may wish to consider whether it should be viewed by children under 17. Welcome to Off Script with Jason and Joel. And now, here are your hosts. Two guys who eat little pieces of shit like you for breakfast every day. Jason and Joel. We do it for the fiber. Welcome to Off really? Yes, we do. Well, and the and the well, the peanuts and the corn. Well, the secondary fiber or the recycled fiber. So, if you actually consumed that and it got down in you again, would it go out the same? I, I'm I'm pretty sure that if your body couldn't con, couldn't break it down the first time, it maybe probably just, couldn't break it down. Why? Because maybe just need another pass at it, another go. Just give it one more chance. I believe in second chances. Second chance, right through. Or like, boom. Or like cows, you just chew it again, and it's like cud, and then it recycles. Yeah. yeah. I suggest you try that. I suggest I won't. Welcome to Offscript. Hey, he's Jason. <laughs> I'm, and he's Joel. I'm pretty confident I'm Joel, although it's the, the jury's out on that. Although I will point out that normally we're not nearly this crude or scatological. <laughs> no, we're generally very focused. Yes, on topic. I can say which is why this is called off script. On topic. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And to our friend Jesse, uh, Joel never interrupts me. Oh, she said I, I interrupted you. I didn't catch that. What? Huh? <laughs> yes. So Jason, tonight's really, really big shoe. Well, of course, we have a brand new, my friend, brand spanking new C and D theater. We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> This one will be one for the ages. They will want to stick around to the bitter end. Yes, we tease it like a mofo up in here, people. You have to wait till the end or close to. Just the tip. Yeah, yeah, just the tips. Yeah, don't don't forget. Listen to the very last second of the show. Uh, we may have an Easter egg in it for you, but um, I'm excited about tonight. I'm very excited Why? about tonight. Why are we, you excited? <laughs> for a couple of reasons. Um, one, we've had some great movie discussions of late. That I wanted to bring to the recording. Uh, and I'm excited because, you know, we're, we've been talking about um, some of the new movies that are going to be coming out. Some of the trailers that we've seen, some of the things that are going to be uh, in our not-too-distant future that I wanted to cover and sort of talk a little bit about the potential for the future. So I'm excited about potential. I like potential. Actually, I'm, I'm a big fan of potential. And and not only that, I I kind of look at you differently now that you've seen some of my movies. <laughs> well, to be fair, I've seen one full. So I've seen, seen like one point three five of your movies because so you saw all of Mega Piranha. Yes, and you. Saw I got about through maybe the first twenty six and a half minutes of Jersey Shore Shark Attack. Dear God, I believe the last email I sent you just had the phrase "I hate you" in it. <laughs> Because while the acting is, in fact, better significantly. Because it has Polly Walnuts. Yes. Uh, from Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. And a couple other recognized William Atherton. I saw him. And I yep. mean, even, the, even the kids that are playing the Jersey Shore knockoffs. Right. They acted for what they're supposed to be doing. They weren't bad actors. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. That movie so far, and I'm going to do my best to gag my way through it. <laughs> is exactly what I was worried the other sci-fi movies would be like. However, the good news is, as a point of contrast with Mega Piranha, 
I freaking loved Mega Piranha by comparison <laughs> because at least I feel like that movie's heart was in the relatively right place. Um, I don't well, know that Jersey Shore's heart would be in the right place because he'd have to get past all the silicone, uh, the big hair, and the, and the muscles, and, and the yeah, the muscles, tats. and and the unbelievably, <laughs> unbelievably offensive stereotype. Because uh, <laughs> how I, I uh, all I'm saying is if I if I'm Italian American, that would just piss me off. And I'm not a politically correct guy, but I'd be like, are you freaking kidding me? Really? <laughs> Guidos, Guidos. Oh my god. We- all I'm saying uh, is, folks, replace the Italians <laughs> with any other ethnic group, and all of a sudden, because it's every stereotype. Uh, oh. Yeah, so, and as I pointed out, it is that the rest of the creature features that I'm a big fan of are much more like the Mega Piranha style. Yeah. And that they although, are. Although the sharks, the CGI sharks are just phenomenal. <laughs> Would you say they had red eyes? White sharks with red eyes because they come from underground caves. So they're kind of like rabbits. Millions of years. Yeah, they're like evil albino rabbits. Yes. And what I really <laughs> well, I can't even fake it, dude. I was, I, it was, You're just waiting for the scene in, that Joey Fatone gets eaten off of stage. Yeah, you know how pissed they am? I totally, after I started, I'm like, oh, God. I'm 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 always positive he told me that Joey Fatone got got <laughs> eaten in the first act. That's I'm just gonna stick around for that so I can say I saw that and then I'm moving on. And, no, it's and the then last I act. and I saw a sky plane flies by, uh, like a sky rider or one of the ones that carries the big banner behind oh, it. Yeah. It says yep, yep. tonight on the pier. I'm like, wait a minute, it's like late morning. Oh no. <laughs> you have to stick around for the whole Son thing. Son of a <laughs> bitch. Uh, oh yeah, you know what I say to that? You know what I say to that, Jay? Oh shit! That's an awful fucking image. Why did I come up with that shit? <laughs> Thank you, Lance, because Thank it wouldn't be an episode with you and I in it where we didn't uh, name drop. Drop Lance. Oh, okay. good. Yeah. So uh, you are going to finish it, though, right? I'm going to try. It might take about 18 months, but I'm going to try. So for those of you who don't want to watch it or can't get access, which is to it, all of you, conveniently. <laughs> You can also check out my review of it, which I wrote up some very funny bits from the movie, and you get kind of a, a sky eye view of the. Which is exactly what you want to maintain at all costs. <laughs> as much of a dis- fingers, best parts. Um, you can check out my review on uh, Forgotten Flicks in the deep fried cheese section. I actually wrote up a review of it, so. Um, you should have read that first. I really, Duh. I really should have. And <laughs> speaking though of of movies that I've seen recently, I did see Oblivion, as I told you. Yep, I actually I was curious about that. I'm glad you went and saw it because, as we've talked about before, well, because you um, you're a cheap bastard and you just want to find out for me if you yeah should even well, rent it at Redbox. Pretty much, um, or just wait for it to come out on you know Netflix or something. But um, <clears throat> no, I I'm not a gigantic fan of tom cruise in general uh but i did see the trailer and was intrigued by the idea of it then i did what i typically don't do and we've talked about and i i try not to i read a review of it so if you read a review before the movie comes out it it does it can taint yes it can taint especially if the review is bad and i think a lot of reviewers would rate the movies that we like as poor, uh, even though we think they're still entertaining. We, we, not, huh? We. 
<laughs> Shut up. You're in my group now. Um, <laughs> but no, I, so I read a review and, and, and the review was typical was, you know, kind of a, uh, a little bit of a knock on the fact that they thought that it was a ripoff of a lot of other sci-fi movies, which seems did. to be the primary ammo being used against it. Uh, but that's the only thing I heard. I yeah. didn't hear anything else bad that it just wasn't a real original. So I'm, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts were uh, after actually watching it. Well, and I'll keep it brief. Long story short, it starts off with quite a bit of narration. And actually, that did annoy me a little bit first. I get now, having seen the movie, why they did it. But there was quite a bit of narration in the beginning. Cruz talking, uh, telling us about this war that happened. I'm not giving you major away. I believe they allude to it in one of the trailers. That Is it the same narration that's in the trailer like it's just i want to say i'd have to go back and listen to the trailer to see how much of it's the same but it probably is very similar he's talking about that there was a war with aliens about 60 years ago they did something to the moon and there is a a mild spoiler because you first see it uh you you see the moon that is they i want to say i guess they blew it up but it's still fragmented together and it's still a satellite in the sky it was an incredible image just this you know it's it's a third or better of it just chunked off and just almost like saturn's rings extending out from it of debris it looked awesome just hanging out it was awesome that was an awesome image and the idea was by doing that it caused uh, earth's you know environment just go insane you know obviously the oceans and earthquakes and all sorts of wackiness ensued which led to mass devastation and we ended up using nukes on the aliens and we won the war though things didn't turn out so great for us well now people are populating uh titan one of saturn's moons and cruise along with his he's sort of the grunt go down to earth fix the drones techie guy and he's there with a woman her name's uh vic He, he calls her i think it's it's vica but victoria is also her name and she is his eyes in the sky, sort of the the brains behind the operation, I guess you could say. And they yeah. communicate with this giant, I guess you'd call it a space station. It's a massive thing also floating out in just off uh, out of, outside of Earth's atmosphere that they call the tech. And mm-hmm. that's where the people, I suppose, that are moving back and forth and where the, the mission control of this operation is. And the idea is that they're on Earth to get the last bit of resources that we can get. So they've got these giant machines in the ocean that are sucking up the water to use for nuclear fusion or fission, whatever. And their job is to just make sure that those are not destroyed because there's vestiges of the aliens scattered about that are doing rebel type attacks in in a nutshell. That's what it boils down to. So visually was that no, I'm listening. I heard heard a really weird noise in my ear. (laughs) It was like, it was like, and it was on your channel. And so I "I don't think it's my echo. I don't know what your dog is doing in your ear, but do do I sound like that when I, so anyway, visually it was stunning. And I have to say, and, and Jersey shore shark attack really put this over the top for me, by the way, (laughs) that CGI. And I am a big fan. Always have been, always will be a big fan of practical effects. But I'm also not going to be the kind of person that's just going to be a be a denier to be a denier. And the truth is, CGI is to a place now, especially when it comes to sci-fi and fantasy pictures, that it's all but flawless. I mean, the visuals in this movie were incredible. 
just awesome. They looked great. It, it, from yeah. the, from the moon stuff to the just cruise in his little speeder pod thing that he floats around. It's just awesome. And I loved the design of this movie. There's a scene in a pool where the entire bottom is glass and see-through and it's kind of hanging down below the the platform that they're on so you can see them it's just gorgeous gorgeous movie it's of course the same director that did tron legacy and while i wasn't crazy about tron legacy as a story and actually thought that the jeff bridges stuff looked like poop at the beginning when he was cgi to make him look younger that visually though that movie was stunning as well so the guy who directed this john his name's joseph and it starts with a k and it's escaping me at the Kaczynski. moment joseph kazinski right i uh, something like that uh yeah. T- ted's ted's uh cousin yeah. nephew <laughs> Selma. and no. but we talk you know it's funny because we actually uh you and i went and saw tron legacy in the theaters and uh we, we that was our it. first official uh episode did we did we see in 3d Yes, we did. Yes, it's on 3D. So we actually talked about this, that it felt like, you know, especially the scenes where um, uh, Jeff Bridges' character was the, I don't even remember his name now, the, the guy that was. Um, oh, the bad one? The, the, yeah, it, Clue? Yes, Clue? yes, yes. When they're yeah. actually in the world, yeah. When they're, when they're in the computer. Yeah. How we talked about it was really, really close to looking like a perfect human face, but that we are so generally adept at picking up facial cues that and the eyes, it yeah. looked off. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't look cartoonish, but it looked just wrong Yeah, enough to throw us off, but it was really close. And the rest of the visuals of the movie were just, were beautiful. I mean, they were really, really good. So, yeah. and, and, uh, and, and, and here's the thing, this is where I hold my caveat about practical versus CGI. I still don't, and I don't know that they'll ever get it precise when it comes to human just because i think there's so many subtleties and who knows once the singularity happens and uh, skynet takes over they'll be able to do whatever the hell they want but until then i don't know how they'll ever get to perfectly recreating a human face to where there's no sense of a weird disconnect it could, it could be very subtle but that's all it has to be to break the illusion so i feel like that's an area where practical effects and i and i typically still prefer practical effects in horror movies and shows you know zombies Things of that nature. And I am getting a weird feedback and it's me. But that's okay. I'll get it out later. Don't worry about it, people. <laughs> It'll be gone by the time you hear this. So, Just ignore it. Yeah, ignore it. Nothing to hear here. So... <laughs> But like World War Z, that trailer, the more I see that, the more it makes me want to just shit my pants. That thing looks horrible. I just... I'm oh, sorry. And yeah. And, and I, I've never got... I, I read part of the book uh, be, uh, because I was being cheap and got the free Kindle sample and started right, it and i was yeah. like oh this is great and then i just never finished it for some reason but it, and from what i could tell though it's nothing like the book i mean the book i believe they're the slow type of zombies it's a slow build this is just typical hollywood bs and just the the whole them swarming and the cgi effect of zombies it's like an i am legend those are horrible they look, that, well, and i liked i am legend other than the creatures well and i think that's something that we we don't give enough credit to and i'm sure that the guys that create this know it especially the tech guys that are trying to animate these things is that uh we have an ineptitude to or to did you say an inept- did you say an ineptitude aptitude, aptitude. <laughs> i meant no, we, have, we have an ineptitude that's for sure we have an ineptitude you and i have an aptitude okay. um no we we have an ability i think to recognize when movement and physics and the visual things are just wrong it's not so much that we can articulate exactly what we notice that yeah, is it's wrong. very subtle yeah 
And it, and that goes back to our ability to read facial expressions. And you can tell how someone feels about a situation by their face, but you can't necessarily say this. These you know what it is. You, you know what it is. We're the dogs in John Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> when the other dog comes in there, he looks exactly like all the other dogs. But, but they know there's something wrong and right. they're trying to warn everybody, Clark and the crew, but nope, nobody, even Clark who loves his doggies, nobody listens. And nobody what listens. happens? Yep. That's, that's exactly what it is. So yeah. splits open, all yeah. kinds of crazy. Yeah. Flower thing. face, you know, just but splits up like a flower. Thing. But I think it's the same thing with like World War Z, at least from the trailer that I've seen. When you see those zombies move, it's not, I mean, I definitely understand the argument of fast zombies versus slow zombies. And, you know, the, the you know, I get it. But I think in that trailer, it's more than just the fact that they're fast. Because you could argue that uh, the, the whole idea of like 28 days later, that it's it, really a virus, a virus. Not technically zombies, and they move really fast. And that just seems odd. In World War Z, it's not just that they're fat. It's the fact that they are... They swarm. They're, well, their arms move weird, and the way they, they jump They is, do things that human bodies, dead or not, wouldn't right. do. It's, it's, the, it's the way that Dead Alive feels more real than those CGI zombies in World War Z. Of course, yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. Oh, because totally. you've yeah. got practical, real, physical movement yep. Yep. that you get... Even in like, um, you know, even some of the horror movies that are just 1980s horror movies with rubber and silicone and the, that feels more real and the practical effects feel more real because they move around the same things that we expect them to move. Well, and, and, and in those cases, they're, they're the aesthetic and the, how can I put it, the fact that the material is existing in a physical plane I believe it's a very subtle subconscious difference between when it's not, but we do pick up on that. Now, why don't we pick up on it? Say in Jurassic park? Well, in Jurassic park, when it's like a lot of the T-Rex stuff, it was a blend. It was a blend of animatronic and CGI. So, and having gone to see the 3d version of that, the daytime stuff, in my opinion, in 3d didn't look that good. Like when they first see the Brachiosaurus and it, le- it didn't look good at all. I thought it looked bad. Well, so, and I think it, and I think we're much more sensitive to human bodies. Yes, and that's the other thing. Yes, for sure. You know, well, you fa- it's the face, too. It's not even the body. Because there's a lot of CGI bodies in movies where they'll, for extras and things, and you don't ever notice. Yeah, I yeah. think it's the face. The face is, there's so many muscles. There's so many, the eyes, there's something in the eyes that just, they can't capture. You know, they just can't do it. So, or they're. Well, and, and, and it's just, uh, I think it's just their general body movement because it can be their way their arms move, legs. It's just even in walking. Because you think about some of the video games that are out today. They look beautiful, but some of the movements, yeah, just it's the basic, physics, typical movements. It's the physics. There's no weight yeah. to the way they move and the way they, they step yeah. or, or, or they shift. There's like, a, there's not enough resistance to gravity and to the movement aspect uh, that would the energy exerted based on the mass of the person. It just doesn't, right. it just, and it's subtle. It's not something you can, me- I mean, I'm sure you could measure it. I'm sure, I'm sure they have all sorts of algorithms and mathematics involved in how they figure all that out, but it just still, there's something just enough off that it seldom works. So, so but you think that oblivion comes closest to well, feeling yeah. like reality? Well, yeah, because they did it where, where it all needed to be done. It was in like the, the set and everything didn't feel, I mean, maybe it was green screen or poison. If it was kudos to them, but uh, yeah. For the most part, every location felt like it was a real location. The 
pod he was in, I'm going to assume a lot of it was practical. And then they just CGI'd its movement and, and throughout the, the space, which is totally fine. Uh, but, and yeah, and I look as a human being, an individual, I don't know Tom Cruise. I don't want to know Tom Cruise and he's more than likely a complete wacky ass. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But the point is I have always enjoyed his, you know, most of his movies and I like him in movies. And I gotta be honest with you, dude, not only would I want to hope I look like that at 50, I hope I wish I could look like that now. Because, oh, I was going to say, how did he look for being 51? Dude, he, the, like, he, I heard somebody uh, on the movie podcast weekly said, yeah, he still looks 35. <laughs> so does. obviously, obviously Scientology, something's working for him because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. something, something's working because, because homeboy, you know, is definitely age, aged well. And, and, you know, and, and he's, you know, obviously he, it would be the big movie story is if he wasn't likable on screen and he is. So it, the cast, everybody was great in it, Morgan Freeman and that whole knock on it. Yes, there are definite, very strong echoes to certain movies. The Wall-E knock, which I actually thought when I first saw the trailer for, I was like, it's kind of like Wall-E, isn't it? Because of the, what happens and transpires where he's, there's so, so much danger involved in what he's doing. The Wall-E thing to me didn't, wasn't as obvious. The Morpheus Matrix connection, you know, with Morgan Freeman, the way he's decked out and, uh, you know, some of the things yeah. that go back and forth in the plot. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of allusions to other sci-fi movies. I think that's unfortunately to some degree going to happen. Uh, well, I think especially as we get more and more into um, the the idea of these dystopian futures or these you know futures that uh, have these twists about aliens, they're they're going to overlap in some areas. But that doesn't mean that it was a total ripoff. No, you know what I, mean? I would say it was not a ripoff. I say it was a well done pastiche of different really good sci-fi i mean at least the ones he he alluded to were good ones and right. i mean like a cruise's outfit to me with the way the gun is on his hip it had a very star wars vibe uh it, it just and there were so a lot of the echoes and things that were in it i was okay with it, it didn't it yeah. didn't detract from the movie for me some of the plot points some of the there's some twists and turns and most of them i believe if you've seen enough movies you'll see coming because I did, and even there was a couple where I saw it coming, and they did a pretty good attempt at trickery to make me think, oh, well, maybe I was wrong, and oh, wait, no, I was right. You know, <laughs> those kind of things. Uh, the other thing I absolutely loved, much like Tron Legacy, is the score. I, I believe it was M83 is the name of the why that was, I'm not sure who actually did the, the, the name of the composer, but I saw the name M83, so I don't know if they did the actual yeah. music, but... Uh, yeah. It was great. I mean, the music was very, it was very reminiscent of Tron Legacy. It was reminiscent of Inception or Dark Knight or Dark Knight nice. Rises. It had that same tone. I even heard one person compare it a little bit to Alien, Alien uh, score. So it was, it was really good. I had the score and the visuals by themselves. And I, I saw it IMAX. It was not 3D. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> and it didn't, detra- oh my God, it didn't detract from it. It was still engaging. Imagine that. So now, you did say that the score you found the score actually. Yeah, uh, if you online. Google, yeah, if you Google, and a lot of sites have it, so obviously they released it. Uh, but if you yeah. just Google Oblivion score streaming, and it's the entire score, you can just sit there and listen to it streaming. Nice, and you can also go to our Facebook group, uh, Off Script on uh, Off Script Podcast with Jason and Joel, and and Joel posted it up there as well because that's where I found the link. So, yep, it was definitely good, and you know, I would say out of out of five. Uh, 
needing to be returned late fee VHS tapes, <laughs> I would give this one a solid three. Okay, it that's was, better than average. Yeah, it, it was it was it was not a fantastic. I mean, the visuals and the music by themselves give it a three. Had those not been in place, it would have been a two for story and, and things like that. Just because you you have seen a lot of it before, it, it, a lot of it was very familiar. That's what it was. It was too familiar and not enough of a twist on the familiar. Well, and and you know it's interesting you mentioned that because that's actually the next thing I wanted to talk about in the show tonight was the role that music plays in how much it engages the movie. None whatsoever. No, because there are some, and we've talked about lots over the years that the movie took away from the movie. And I think there's plenty that the, the music actually doesn't really make an impact. Lady Hawk. Lady, Lady Hawk. Lady, oh, sorry. No, I was that detracted. That detracted. Just, just, um, just a smidge. Just a, more than a smidge. Um, <laughs> But I think that that's one of the movies. I mean, there there are plenty of movies where music, if it was something else, some other composer, even something relatively similar on the scale of of uh, quality, it it wouldn't have mattered. But there are some films that I think the movie, as good as it was, was made great by the score. Yeah. And and you know I'm a big I'm a huge fan of film scores and I've got lots of CDs of movie uh, scores and stuff. But this week, uh, Monday of last week, I guess really, J.J. Um, Abrams hinted in a press conference when he was in Germany that he had all but locked up John Williams to compose the score for Star Wars Episode Seven. And now, that's first, important because I know it's just a minor element. Um, no, I think it's it says a couple of things, and I've I've thought about this a lot. One, I think that the trilogy, the original trilogy, would not have reached the status that it was without John Williams, and I I can't under understate that enough. Well, actually, it's no. What you're saying is actually not just an opinion; it's actually provable. You know, you want to know how? If you go and just Google it, one of the it, you have to question what stories from back in that time period are, are myths versus reality. But sure. we'll go on the assumption that it's one of those stories that's true. One of the early stories about Star Wars is that early screenings of it with executives, with uh, Lucas's but you know filmmaking buddies like uh, Coppola and Spielberg and Scorsese and all those guys uh, had no score had no score or had, te or, uh, had or had like a temp track and yeah. everybody hate thought it was going to be horrible. I, I believe one of the people it was, I don't know if it was De Palma or somebody after they watched this great, they were like, <laughs> well, yeah, well it was worth the shot. Yeah. Oh, sorry, George. It was, yeah. you know, it's funny. Cause I've actually, I've got screeners before of movies that are going to be coming out. Yeah. This, this blows my mind that they would actually release that. There's one thing for somebody in a environment where they're still develop finishing in post-production with yeah. other artists, with the executives who gave them the money. That all makes sense to me. But that they would send out test screeners to potential critics, I, I don't oh, yeah. get. No, and, and I'm listed on, I'm not going to mention them here, but I'm listed on, I'm, I'm a media for uh, several channels that release films. What a bunch right? of suckers. I can't believe that. I know. <laughs> 
dumbass. Um, so, but I've received screeners that have had no music score to them. And, and you don't think that was like an accident that, thing? I think it's genuinely that they're not finished putting the sound and the music to the movie. But how could they possibly ask someone to create a review of the movie as if it's completed when it's not? I, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know. Because I actually, it took me out of the films. There's only been two that I've received. I'm not going to mention them. But there's only been two that I've received that have had no music to them. And it's such a huge part for me. And I know probably me more than anybody. But John Williams to me is the probably the number one film composer of all time. And I say that because I've only grown up with films from the 70s, 80s, and, you know, to today. Um, I've watched many movies of the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, but I've only grown up with John Williams and Superman, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Yes, he's definitely more iconic to our generation than, say, Bernard Herrmann even or or earlier, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and I I love lots of contemporary composers as well, but he's gigantic, and it's especially for Star Wars, because I even say for me personally, the only redeeming quality of the prequels was the music. Yeah. I can listen to the score. Yeah, Duel of the Fates was fantastic. It was incredible. And it was such a departure from the original Star Wars. It had just enough elements yep. from the original trilogy, from the original uh, New Hope, which wasn't really New Hope, but from Star Wars original from the uh, the Imperial March. But it had such different elements in that it had the vocals and kind of the operatic feel. It was it was amazing. So the fact that Abrams or whom, whomever got Williams to agree to do this. Well, uh, allegedly. Was, yeah, whoever. Um, it makes a big difference for me. Because well, and I'll, and I'll we'll go, go ahead and make your point that I want to say one reason why I think it, what else it says. But go ahead. But I mean, it makes, it makes a big difference to me because it shows... The soul of that franchise, to me, is in a very few elements. There's just a handful of things. If you were to boil down all of Star Wars... Jar Jar Binks, Binks. Trade Federation, and Metachlorians, right? Well, Metachlorians would be number one. Um, Jar Jar and his little rubber racist uh, act would be (laughs) probably two. No, it would be things like the whole... um, The idea of the empire versus the the freedom fighters. It would be lightsabers. It would be the music. It would be the old feel of kind of like an old Western with futuristic elements. Well, what what you're you're talking about is that it it feels used. It feels lived in. Yeah, it feels dirty. It feels feels real. Yeah. Uh, Even though it's supposed to be some kind of, I know it's not future. I know it's not future. So you haters out there, don't email me. I I I know it's not future, but it feels that you know it's spaceships and lasers and and lightsabers. But those handful of elements, along with the music and the score, are what give it soul. So as much as the prequel sucked to me, it still had a couple of elements that, that rang true of what the original. Oh yeah. Uh, trilogy was yeah and you can't the, the say music, they didn't have any of the elements so they wouldn't have made no. a dime yeah so for the for the new ones coming up seven eight and nine and anything that's beyond that or any you know side projects that come from that there better be that dirty feel that used feel there better be lightsabers 
and there better be the score and the music and the and the sound. With, of course, the caveat that Williams is not going to be able to score all of them. No, but he's at least going to start it, and I think that we can probably find someone. Oh, I'm sure. Is. I'm sure there'll be people that pick up the reins because what will end up happening is, I mean, he's going to be in his 80s. He's either in his early 80s now or he's going to be when, by the time the first one comes out, or right. part seven. And then uh, the, I think they figure if he did the whole trilogy, he'll be 86 or 87, somewhere in that oh, age, yeah. pushing 90. So let's keep fingers crossed he makes it. But assuming he is in good enough health to do all three movies, right? then... While you have all these side projects, I highly doubt he's going to be keeping up with those as well. I could be wrong. Maybe he will. But if he doesn't, you will have other composers. You'll have potentially the, you know, what the, the James Horner's, the, um, why am I brain farting yeah. on the guy who's doing Carol Superman? Closers, the. You no, know, who's the guy doing the Superman? He did Dark Knight and all the. Damn it. I'm going to have to look it up. Why am I brain farting? Hans Zimmer. I'll look it up. Hans, I didn't look it up. Hans Zimmer. I just popped in my head. Oh, it's Hans Zimmer. That's right. Yep. Yep, yep. So, uh, you know, guys like that. And, uh, and you know, are there, this is sad to even say this. Are there women, any, any like really well-known women composers in the modern era? Um, yes. Yes, there are. He says, as he desperately looks on IMDb, <laughs> it's not our fault that Hollywood's a bunch of misogynistic dicks. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, I well, really... we're so open-minded. We're so progressive. We give the first female director Academy Award in 2011. <laughs> Whatever. Because no woman has directed a movie that was worth it until now. Effing <laughs> <laughs> hypocrites. Anyway, I digress. So the other thing so is... There are lots. Yeah. There are lots, by the way. Um, he says as he continues to desperately look through IMDb. <laughs> Bjork! Bjork did! Yeah, no, that uh, doesn't even count. No. So, yes. So, oh, what, was that, what was that movie? Um, Sucker Punch. Yeah. And I need to look that up, so. <laughs> she did She did the score for Sucker Punch? Yeah, well, she did a lot of the okay. music. Doing a song is not the same thing. I can come up with plenty of female <laughs> artists that did the theme, like Adele for Skyfall. Let's go there. No, that oh, doesn't count. there you go. No. No, that's not doing the score. Uh, I'm talking about composer. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> okay. So here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. What this says to me is that JJ Abrams, bitch all you want, geek world, bitch all you want about the F and lens flare or whatever. But the facts are the facts. He is the guy. So suck it up, Charlie. He's going to be a gajillion percent better than George was as a director. I think George is a visionary, but he ain't a director. I think we can all agree on that. And more to the point, he gets it. He gets the fact that those little things, having John Williams be the composer, having getting back Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, more than likely is key. He get, he's going to get, he's going to get that. You don't, have metachlorians or gungans in any more star Wars. he's going to get that so just that stuff the bar is really low i mean he doesn't have to jump over a hurdle here to make this movie <laughs> awesome he pretty much just has to step over it just enough like maybe somebody who is you know john williams-esque in age let's say and do it without tripping and falling on his face. If he could just step over. <laughs> All he has to do. He's like, like, you know what it is? It's, it's the limbo stick was dropped to the ground. 
<laughs> and instead of going under it, the, the the objective is just to step over it. That's all you got to do. All, you all he has do. to do is clear. No. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's he's Carrie he's Fisher today could be in that gold ass bikini for the whole trilogy <laughs> fighting anybody but Gungans, yeah. and it will be better than the prequels. Well, and so <laughs> Gungans. <laughs> No Jar Jar, please. Um, I think I'm going to be in a movie. Oh, my God. How Can you explain to me one thing really seriously? Well, hold on one second. We're all on a set. Hundreds of hundreds of people. And I get that they're all scared of George Lucas and they don't want to tell him anything. It's going to piss him off and make him dress up like an Ewat walk and go into a rage like uh, Will Sasso did on Mad TV. I get yeah, it. Because all they want, all, all of them on that set want Star Wars on their resume so they can go to other movies yes. and actually make of money. Of course. I get it. But, I get it. But nobody. Really? Was there any wincing that occurred? Was there any sphincter tightening? Was there any looks of horror, mouths agape when the actor comes out and says, Oh, oh, little Annie. Oh, what? <laughs> Who the hell did think that that was, oh my God. Or the Trade Federation. Oh, the Jedi. <laughs> It's like, is George, what are you trying to say? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my let me ask God. This, who, I, I put that on the editor because someone is wait, wait, the wait. last. You put that on the editor? Well, actually, that's George Lucas because he's always been the main editor. Really? Yes. He, actually, say, that's his, that's his, probably his, his, base, his it, best thing he does. The last guy to look at the, the, the final scene with the CGI and the audio and the the uh, you know the, the actual filming how are they going to the edit it without removing it. Jar Jar completely? Although there's an idea, you know what I'm saying? How are you going to do that? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't because know. now you know, keeping in mind, you don't have to edit the picture. They could have at any point dubbed over with a different voice. Yeah, yeah. They That's made true. that was a post production choice because I'm sure yes, on set and who knows maybe on set he talked normal. And then they decided in post, oh, we need to give him a, I don't know, he needs a little more character. He talks <laughs> too normal. Jamaican accent. <laughs> ja that was a, oh my God, that was like a step and fetch it Amos and Andy thing, dude. That was horrible. I remember, I was in such denial. I saw Phantom Menace five times. Okay, I'm going to admit, in the theater. Yep. Yep. Because I loved the Duel of the Fates and that lightsaber scene at the end so much, it gave me enough denial to believe but by the fifth time i was like oh my god what am i even doing this is horrible <laughs> but i remember when i first saw this like one of the few things i remember cringing not because georgia was just stupid as a character but going what why does he s oh my god no no i'm imagining that that, must, that says more about me certainly than this movie <laughs> i'm i must be the person with the problem i'm hearing things so you go back again. Yeah, it's like, okay, again. second time. It's like, wait, nope, still there. Wow, I'm I'm a and horrible again. human being. Why is that all I hear? <laughs> <laughs> but then fifth time, I'm like, God, George, George, when's the clan meeting, George? <laughs> so. <laughs> Everybody get their crosses? Everybody oh. get the kerosene? Oh, my God. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Hi, so I don't hi, think that's hi, 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 everybody. Uh, hi, everybody who's 30 and up, childhood. <laughs> Uncle George here. I really got to take a shit. So if you could push your childhood right. Yep. Yeah, there it is. Uh, 
for those of you who uh, <laughs> actually feel the way we do, I highly suggest you listen to Patton Oswalt's oh my God. rant about uh, Jar Jar Binks and George Lucas and the prequels because it is just the perfect epitome of how we feel. Yes, <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> About oh. him going, what does he say? He's going to go back to 1996 so he can kill George can, Lucas. He said, if I could have a time machine and go back and do anything in time, he would go back and kill George Lucas with a shovel. Yeah, well, that's what it was. He was going to go up to him and try and convince him first. He's like, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to just, I'm going to go up and, you know, George, let's, let's, let's talk this through for a second. Wait, wait. No, no, wait. You, you like Star Wars, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like Star Wars. You, you like Darth Vader? Darth Vader. <laughs> Oh, dude, Darth Vader's awesome. I fucking love him. He's like this dark, you know, uh, conflicted character. I love him. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, we're going to show you Darth Vader as a little kid. <laughs> and he's and he's sad because his mommy died. <laughs> now, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, wait, wait. You like Boba Fett, right? Oh yeah, dude, I love him. He's like this this bounty hunter. He's like this this he's cool. Mis- he's mysterious. Ex- he's mysterious. You don't really know yeah. anything about him. You know who he is, and you know he's 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 doing you know he's kind of main character, but he's not really part. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have him as a little kid, <laughs> and he's sad because his daddy dies. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hilarious. That's I, so uh, true. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I can't not listen to it and just cry laughing. Oh, it's awesome. So going back to the the new movies. Yes, new ones. 2015. Can I I please talk about the teaser idea? Okay, yes, but let me me say something first. What? You said that Abrams, and I think it's pretty much common knowledge, has said. He loves lens flare. He loves lens flare. The three primary actors or actresses. Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and um, the other guy that plays. <laughs> yeah, the, the one guy. He didn't have much of a career after after the Star Wars pictures. <laughs> right. Um, Harrison Ford. Okay, so those three are coming back. Yep. I think we can bank on it because it doesn't matter what Disney has to pay. They'll pay them at least for this new movie. Yep. As much as I think I love Harrison Ford. You think you love a, him? No, no. Listen. Finish my sentence. How much I love Harrison Ford yeah, yeah. as an actor overall. In the most other movies I've seen him in. Yep. Like, of the three, he's my favorite actor, actress in any realm. He's your favorite actress? He's my favorite actress. Um, I'm actually more excited okay. about Mark Hamill. Okay. Because the Luke Skywalker character, I loved him in Jedi the most. Because I think his character progressed yeah. really, really well. He, he, and by the time yeah, he was, was a pretty Jedi, good arc. He was like a Zen kind of yes. cool guy who had who had started off with a. But I want to go into Baji Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he finishes by standing in front of Jabba the Hutt and all his minions, and's like, "Listen, I'm gonna give you a chance here. You can play real." Or you can suffer the consequences. And Jabba's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bitch, get down to my Rancor pit. And he drops and then... Kills the Rancor, spoiler alert. Kills him and, you know, then he like jumps out of the Sarlacc pit and all that jazz. But you think, wait, 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 Speaking of that, that, speaking of that, do you think, do you think we're going to get to see Bubba Fett come out of the Sarlacc pit? That he never actually got churned around? Because like, they're supposed to get like digested for a thousand years. Isn't that the whole... Yeah, 
So he could get I out. I would actually be okay with that because the whole idea is that you're not killed immediately. It's yeah. not like something just chomps you. You're there for years and years. See, so. Stuff like that would annoy me because it seems very cheap. Give me that any day of the week over the idea that all the stormtroopers are clones since they're different heights. <laughs> oh. Wait, hey, Carrie Fisher did say, hey, you're kind of short for a stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, but when you see them standing next to each other and they're different yeah. heights. Uh, yeah. But I, I would be okay with if he came out of it. But I'm actually, I, my point is, I would be, I'm more excited about the idea of Mark Hamill coming back as yeah. Luke. Yeah. Um, be- and because you know why? Because you're waiting for that six months from now, that teaser. Oh, God, yes. Wait, tell wait. them your idea. Okay. This, this, this is all, this, tell me, tell me, folks, if this is all we need to just geek gasm all over the place, got to go change everything. My lightsaber yeah. would be fully extended. Yes, so. it would be impressive. <laughs> so, all it is, your black screen, you hear maybe the breathing, distant sounds from maybe the pre the the only trilogy that matters, whatever. Some light Williams as sco- yeah, but, just, but in the distance, yep. just in the distance, you know, like yep, echo yep. echoes, right? Then the music swells, and then from the darkness, you see this hooded, cloaked figure, a la Obi Wan Kenobi, walking forward toward the camera. They stop from their side. It's the the saber, the green one, comes yes. out, and he just yep. raises it slowly, and just half his face lit from the light of the saber, and it's freaking Hamill. Cut to May 22nd, you all out there know why, 2015, cut to black. Oh my God, I just crapped my pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd have to say- uh, That's that all they gotta do, that's yes. it. No. no, that's it. Just him- in that cloak, in that hood, a little bit of his face. The oh light my of god! The green. Do you know what other thing JJ could do that would make the universe? Oh my god! Talk about bringing balance to the force. You know what else he could do? I just had this epiphany. All he has to do is one line. One line. Han looks at somebody, and goes, "I always shoot first. That's it. <laughs> That's it." Just some throwaway moment where somebody says something to him and he just looks, just scares somebody. He's eyeballing and goes, I always shoot first. And he just walks off. Dude, I'm done. I'm done. Life is, the world, it, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. I, whatever. That, that special edition can exist. <laughs> but am I wrong? Would that not be awesome? That's all they got to do. That would be awesome, but you, you'd have to keep in mind that only a fraction of people would get that but that's, no that's fine because i don't want it to be so ironic and meta oh, he's referencing another movie i don't want it to feel that way i want it to fit <laughs> the moment in a scene where he you know maybe there's a question of whether or not he will because he's gotten soft in his old age i don't know so but, they actually have like a scene in a cantina somewhere no, 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 no. i don't want it to be that some... on the nose i don't want it to be that on the nose no it could be anywhere or it could be him like working with his kid or grandkid or something. And but you're talking like actually not a teaser, not like a trailer. Oh, no, no, you're like talking about in actually in the movie, the he makes movie. some reference to it. In the movie. Oh yeah, I'd be okay with that as long as they didn't put it like in a teaser. And or I don't make want it him to turn. To I don't want there to be any wink at the camera at all. I don't want there to be any inference. Like you said, I want most people to not even get it. He want he he rubs the some little kid's head in his hair and says. <laughs> kid i always shoot first yeah exactly perfect that's yeah. it yeah yep. cut done yes, <laughs> yes print it yes, yes. perfect yeah because it doesn't have to be scary it doesn't have to be the scary han it could be that'd be that little that little 
glimmer that glint in his eye and a yep. little smirk yep. oh god that would, that would be awesome <laughs> redemption re-freaking <laughs> and the other thing is i think disney's gonna keep redeeming see disney you might be like a google like a big evil corporation but i think you'll be a benign dictator i'm fine with it so let me just say this <laughs> if you can fix that crap the fact that well, last I heard, we were talking about this too. The fact that the uh, it was an Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith 3D conversions got are getting scrapped. They're yeah, not even going to bother yeah. putting those out. They they're changes. To, I wonder will they now? I know 20th Century Fox controls distribution for at least we'll call it New Hope, just to be clear. Yeah. New Hope. So I don't know if they would be able to make special edition versions go away. I've got to imagine at some point, though, the rights to that in some capacity will come to them. And I could see them putting out the original version back out in the theaters, minus all that crap. I'm willing to bet that. And I'm willing to bet that Disney could probably cut a check to 20th Century Fox to say that says, okay, we estimate in the next. 20 years you could sell x number of copies of the remastered version or whatever we'll write you a check for that for the rights to distribution of that and then they kill it and start releasing the original and if that next episode and the next three episodes are good they'll make that back five times over doesn't it feel like seriously as if the universe has been realigned because we're oh, living in a pre-Disney okay. deal, pre-Disney Lucas deal, and everybody's making, oh, it's going to be a Disney-fied. Well, you know what, people? They do Marvel. Yeah, because no, you, no. you, you hated the Avengers, didn't you? Now, listen, to be fair, to be fair, before the Avengers and before Iron Man and when they purchased Marvel, the only thing they had done of an epic scale really recently that made me feel good that they could do anything like this was pirates. Yeah. And before that, you know, so there are a lot of people event, but I will say the recent stuff, the pirates, the Avengers, the I think Iron that's Man, the, and we so, talked about this. That's, that's the model they're going to do with star Wars. The, yep. the whole Marvel way of doing it now is you're going to have the big, you have the tentpole characters like this. You well, Spider-Man, you know, being loosely with the, the Avengers, but that kind of character or Iron no, Man. And then the, the Iron Man gives you a tentpole. Whoa. Well, Robert Downey Jr. Come on, I'm only I'm only, I'm only human. So, but the Avengers I, 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 is that your hammer? Speaking of, did you see the new trailer? The trailer for the new one? Yeah, I meant to tell you about that. I didn't look that bad. Yeah, but it has her in it. She's normally a good actor, unless it's apparently anything sci-fi, fantasy oriented. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my biggest problem with Thor in the original, I loved with- him in the Avengers. He was fantastic. No, no, no. Thor was a good character. I'm talking about Natalie Portman in the first Thor movie. Yeah. My only knock was not that she's not a good actress. My knock was there was zero minus negative of one, well, no, plus negative 1,000 chemistry between her and Chris Hemsworth. I, there was, I did not believe for a second, and it never felt like there was any chemistry between her and Thor. Yeah. And so the whole idea of he would sacrifice himself or that he, you know, loved her, I felt none of that. There was just nothing between her and Thor. So the fact that the next movie 
really has her as a central element that she's going to be what the bad guys hold dear. And if you've seen the trailer, you you know, it's not a spoiler because obviously we haven't seen the movie, but <laughs> the fact that the bad guy holds her and makes it that Thor has to obey him or else he'll hurt her. I, I can't buy that yet. So well, keeping in mind, up, but, but keeping in mind, this could be vastly superior to the other one. I still need to, I have, that's one of the few I haven't watched yet. I need to watch it because as much as you and some other people we know have poo-pooed it, I'm probably going to end up loving it. So The Thor movie? Yeah. Because you guys have talked it down to such a level now. It can only, yeah, probably. Yeah. No, I'm going to end up yeah. loving it. No, I'll say this for, for, for the fact that you've seen the Avengers and you love the Avengers, you will feel like Thor is small. Okay. I don't say you'll hate it. Well, you know what? Is- Maybe he's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> I don't even want to ask what that means, but he said Thor's small. It's like, dude, <laughs> dude, let the blood start pumping. You don't know what uh... <laughs> it could have been cold. He's a grower, he's from freaking Valhalla. <laughs> he's like a Nord. He's isn't it like a? It's a Nordic thing, right? Hey, the water was cold. Come on, like a frightened turtle. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh. <laughs> uh. So speaking of trailers, now that we've kind of delved into trailers gently, dipped our toe into yes, it. Because pretty Water's soon, cold pre- pretty Andy. soon, pretty soon we're gonna have to bust out with a little C and D theater action. We are. So uh, there are a couple of trailers I wanted to bring up. Okay. And I, I know uh, we've talked a little bit about this, but Iron Man three. Okay. Obviously, it's opening uh, by the time this episode comes out. It's it been out op- for a while. Yeah, a week or two. Week. No, no, no. In the U.S. Uh, it's opening as as we record this. It's coming out this weekend, which means when this episode airs, which is not next week, but a week and a half, right? Yeah. Um, I I think it looks fantastic. I actually am looking forward to it more than Iron Man two. Yeah. And Ben Kingsley is the is the bad guy. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so the fact that it opened up in the top ten international releases of all time. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to do well. Okay, I, oh, you think it'll do okay? I'm not sure. I'm th- my, here, wait, 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 wait. Let, let's let's see if we can be predict. This is kind of fun because now when the show airs, it will have been out for like you said about a week and a half. Let's make I a prediction. Have no recourse. We have. <laughs> well, no, no. So let's make a prediction. Domestic right. box office. Where is it at today? As as the show plays for the first time. Uh, you mean as it'll take the weekend? No doubt. There's oh, nothing. Yeah, that's easy. Nothing, and I'm going to say it's going to take the weekend by double. Whatever comes out with it. Oh, that's yeah, okay. But still, it's not. You have to give me a number figure. So let's say this comes out on Wednesday. Say, it's been I'm about ten say days. It comes out as sixth biggest domestic opening of all time. I see your six and say it'll be the third highest. And I say by day ten, it'll be at three hundred forty-two million dollars domestic. Really? That's my guess. Uh, I, I don't doubt that. I'm, I'm going to say opening weekend. It's, oh, opening uh, weekend. It's going to be $170 million. It's going to be something stupid. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. So uh, I don't doubt. And I think it's going to be a huge, huge hit. Now, the bigger tell will be when we get up closer next year to Avengers 2. Kind of. Which, by the way, apparently, Whedon has said Thanos is not going to necessarily be in it. Or that, let, me phrase, let me rephrase that. 
he is not going to be the big bad that they were going to hold on to him because I I suppose Whedon's visualizing the Avengers thing to be more of a trilogy type deal. So he said he's actually does not want to waste. Than- he feels like Thanos is something they need to build up to. So yeah. that, that that he's going to hold it. So they're talking about 2018 before. Really? Yep. Before he becomes the big bad. Yep. Because they've still got, well, Thor, uh, the next Thor is coming out. Then mm-hmm. the next Iron Man Cap- 3 is coming. Yeah, Captain America. And the next Captain America, which is the Winter Soldier, right? Mm-hmm. 2014. So that's next year. Um, is there another Hulk movie? Uh, there's no Hulk. Uh, they're doing another spy. I, I've heard rumors about Spider-Man crossing over at some point. I don't know whether it'll be this movie or not. Um, yeah. uh, but there is another Marvel. So it's Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man two is coming out next summer. I believe it's next right. summer. Yeah. Because Spider-Man is still Marvel, so he could yeah. be yeah. part of it. But, yeah. um, but they've got some build up to do, but I think Avengers two, Equal to Avengers one, what? Then maybe it'll, surpassing it. Oh, I think it'll surpass it. It, de- it depends, but with Whedon behind it and everybody else back on board, it has yeah. the potential to surpass it. Yes, which means fingers crossed, it will surpass Avatar. Get knock oh. it out of the number one spot. God, that would be nice. Titanic. It, it, you know, it would mean the number one spot for for Avatar two will be like unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> no. Unabseeman, because oh. it's in the ocean, apparently, oh. is what I've heard, is that the next Avatar movie is supposed to be about the sea, the ocean. I wonder how unbelievably disappointed James Cameron's going to be that this next one is not going to make nearly what the first one did. Yeah. Because the first one, it wasn't that the story was brilliant, it was the spectacle and novelty of it. Well, yeah. What's it's been done now? Yeah, I mean, are you like the idea of Avatar two? Is there anything about that that makes you? Oh my god, yes! I can't wait. Of course not. No, of course not. I still like to watch Avatar one on a big giant TV with three D goggles on. Yeah, Uh, Avatar two does not excite me. Not like Avengers two excites me. So, but so anyway, Iron Man three was a trailer. I know we've all probably seen it, and I'm excited about it coming out. And the the, yep. weekend coming up um but there's another one that i you and i both kind of caught at the same time yep. it's coming out this year the ghastly love of johnny x yep uh now have you seen the trailer yep <clears throat> okay so this is kind of a, a unique independent film uh the guy that directed it paul bonnell uh has done anything uh, big hollywood he's done some things back in the 80s and and uh uh, getting back into things now, acted in things, produced some things, but it's sort of a it's a modern day film. It's going to be coming out this year, but it's like a nineteen fifties. Oh yeah, it's definitely and it takes place in the fifties. It looks like early sixties, maybe. Right. It's it's kind of a blend of Greece and an alien B movie sci fi yeah. kind of blend because it's got music and they're singing. But it there's has Kevin also McCarthy in it, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. awesome. It, it has. It actually has quite a bit. Paul Williams is in it. Yeah, who's the um, other one? There's Kevin McCarthy. There's two that jumped out. Kevin McCarthy, Paul Williams, I noticed, and there was one other person. Though, Reggie who, Bannister. Yeah, that it? was it. Yes, Reggie. Yeah. I'm like, cool. We've talked about using Bubba Hotep and Phantasm and everything. Yep, yeah. yep. So um, there, there are some definite names we recognize, and it looks like it's going to be a good one. It's coming out uh, soon, 
I'm actually going to be covering this film with Kevin Batchelder on the Saturday Lucky. B-Movie Reel. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cover it on Saturday B-Movie Reel um, uh, for Kevin, who does tuning into sci-fi TV. So that's coming up. But Although, hypothetically, you know, if you were, say, to have a you know copy of it after you watched it, you know, if it just lay, were left I'm around. A party just... in which people could come watch it with me for no cost. Oh, intriguing. To, hypothetically, but, of course. Hypothetically. Yeah. Never illegally. So, yeah. Um, but so anyway, that one looks really exciting to me because it's got. It's definitely quirky elements. and fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the elements of the uh, greaser leather jacket. You well, know. I love the black and white. I love that they're doing a black and white. Uh, yeah. I love the, the vibe of it. I like that it feels the way they shot it even has a very late 50s, early 60s yeah. uh, aesthetic. But at the same time, there's enough modern day flourishes with transitions and the way the the camera moved that it was a cool blend i liked it it's cool yeah it looks good so we'll put that in the link to the show notes you check it out the ghastly love of johnny x um and then you had another one that you wanted me to see that was uh, a morgan freeman oh film. yes um oh is it now you see me yes yeah i i first off let's get something straight i love heist movies i love them did you see oceans 11 the not the remake of oceans 11 yeah Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's okay. I, I don't like Italian Job, though. Um, well, Italian Job just to me was a movie to drive Mini Coopers around. It was, know. but it was still a good movie. Uh, <laughs> did you ever see Heist with Gene Hackman? David yes, Ma- I- David, David Mamet wrote directed. That. Also has Ricky Jay, the magician slash actor who was in that. Uh, I think Annette Benning was a oh, great freaking movie. Yeah. But I love a good heist movie. I love a good mystery crime thriller type movie. So this is yeah. that with uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson. Uh, was Scarlett Johansson in Mark that? Mark Ruffalo was in it. Mark Ruffalo was Scarlett. Speaking of Hulk. Yeah, was, but was Scarlett Johansson in it? Or am I just imagining uh, that? No, uh, it wasn't. It was Ilsa Fisher. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, Not Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Maybe because you said Mark, Ru- Mark uh, Ruffalo and, you know, she was in. Yeah. yeah. So. Woody <laughs> it, Harrelson, yeah. 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 So. Anyway, it, it looks great. They're magicians, and long story short, they pull off a trick in Vegas where they rob a bank that's it's somewhere in Europe. And it's it's this them trying to figure out how they did it and how they pull it off, and it looks really cool. I, it looks like a fun, cool little heist movie. So It does, and it looks like one of those that, like, there have been a couple of... Um magician style movies uh that that i really enjoyed and this looks like it's a good blend of that heist movie with uh the david copperfield magic kind of feel to it yeah um, plus they've got a pretty a pretty all-star cast and that always bodes well so yep uh, michael kane um is in it as well so that looks pretty good well and speaking of uh, ricky J, he was the one that was in um brain fart heist he is going to be in a documentary that I was trying to look up the title of. And why the hell? That's bizarre. Why wouldn't it be on his IMDb page? All right, scrolling down. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. This is ridiculous. Okay, God, he's been on a crap. It of... wasn't no, him. It no, it's him. It's a documentary about him. I want to just get the title right. It's Deceptive Practice, The Mysteries and Mentors of Ricky J. Look up that trailer. Oh, okay. It looks awesome because he's a car. He's this master at car tricks. Mm. He's the kind of guy who like stands on the stage and takes the 
playing cards and will launch them in a gourd and they'll stick into the gourd like a, like knives. Yeah, yeah. Just stuff yeah. like that. Cool stuff. So really yeah. cool, very talented guy. So he was in uh in Heist as well and, and obviously magician. So connected to the now you see me. So speaking of something that has absolutely nothing to do with what we were just talking about, which is fitting for the uh <laughs> off script show. Jay, are you ready for a little um C and D theater? Oh, please bring on the cinematic nostalgia disorder. Welcome to Sandy Theater with Jason DeGroons and Joe Robinson. And action! Excuse me, sir. Hmm. Well, hey, what do you say, brother? Hey, look, can you tell me when this here product expires? I'd like to know what you're doing with all that chicken in your pants. Say what? You heard me. Well, yeah, I heard you, but I don't understand, because it's clear to me that what I'm doing is shopping! <laughs> This lady said that you were taking food out of the display cases and stuffing it down your pants. And that certainly seems to be the case to me. Are you planning on paying for this food? No, I ain't planning to pay for it because I already purchased it. This is all dog food on your list. And that's chicken coming out of your pants. Say what? Let me see that. I don't see no dog food. That's what the abbreviations stand for. Well, shit! That ain't my problem, brother! Can't help if your cashiers see dog food for chicken. <laughs> Look, why don't you come with me, and we'll get to the bottom of this situation. Come with you? What you mean? Now this old hunky-skinned, white snitch-ass motherfucker tells you something and you say, Come with me? Now you're taking her word over mine? Now that's discrimination! Now, why don't you just pull down your pants so we can all see the lily white paint on your Haitian black ass? Look, you can come with me now, or I'll get the security. Hey, now you're talking, bro. I'm gonna report you to your superiors. <laughs> At one point, Vera Demila became a valley girl. <laughs> oh, God. Insane! Bloody brilliant, that was! Uh, that's the word I'd use. Bloody. <laughs> brilliant. Uh. So, oh. so, of course, in case you don't are familiar with C&D Theater, Jason, would you uh, like to tell them the whole point? <laughs> That wasn't Please. just us being as offensive there's, as humanly possible. There, there's no point, no point whatsoever. Um, yes, um, we reenact a scene via script from a movie you may know. That was all from an actual movie, do, word for word. We did not make that up. As All we do is read the script. As crazy as we sound and as weird as we do, that is word for word the script that we have uh, uh, red, except for the horse noises, may not have been actually yeah. indicated. <laughs> well, here's a question: You were obviously doing a spot-on um, uh, French accent. French, 
yes. it was a Bashal Dell yes accent. yes I on the <laughs> other hand I don't know what the hell that was <laughs> so all you have to do is guess which movie we are reading scenes from and you could win geek of the week so send your guesses into offscriptpodcast at gmail.com and get your name in the hat to guess which movie we were reading and reenacting might I say brilliantly brilliant so. indeed <laughs> so Jason um, do you want to perhaps hit the folks with some knowledge yes I'd love to do that right now for more offscript action go to offscriptpodcast.com join our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at, at Offscriptcast. More importantly, don't forget to check us out on iTunes and leave us a review. The more reviews we get, the higher we rate. The higher we rate, the more listeners we get. The more listeners we get, the more reviews we'll get. It's a vicious cycle. If you have any questions or comments, keep them to your damn self. If you have a guest for the CND Theater or suggestion for the ADD Top 10, email us. That is all. Wow, you are so good. You are consistent. Week in, week out. <laughs> you do it exactly the same way. I, I read from the script. I'm a method. You really I, are. I, I do. So, Jason, do you do you have any any final final uh, words before we go out? Before we, uh, no, other than by this time that this has come out, we will have lost nearly two thousand Netflix movies and gained five hundred. So I will reserve my rant. For the next or, show, for the next show, because I would say it's probably going to be the next show that we may want to make a little announcement about another show that might require some of those two thousand movies that they're pulling off that happen to be older nineteen eighties movies. God, all I gotta say is if Survivor Man is pulled off, that's it. I don't care. Let him pull Survivor Man. I don't want to pull like uh, I don't know Beastmaster or oh sorry. Oh wait, shh. sorry. All right. Okay. Anyway, we'll reserve the rant for next episode. Until then, good night and be well. And here's to take us out a song that's obviously a metaphor for masturbation. And the mirror's reflection I'm a-dancing all with myself I when there's no one else inside I think the crowd ain't lonely night Well, I live so long for my love vibration And I'm dancing all with myself Mr. Snyder, get off of me. Oh, come on. Give me a chance. Jesus Christ. What am I? Poison? No, you're dead weight. Now get off of me before my tits come out of my back. <laughs> <laughs>